Um, thank, I just want to start off by saying thank you so much um, for all of you who have texted, who have called, who've left messages, and all of the fun stuff. I've, I've been out a few weeks um, tending to my new baby, uh, Miss Elsie Joy. She's wonderful. Um, so thank you to everyone who's just checked in and congratulated us. She, Like I said, she is just the joy of our lives. We love her so much. She is at home today with dad, so if you don't see her today, you don't hear crying. It's because she's not here. Um, she is my husband's taking care of her today. Um, he's doing the awesome dad thing, and my mother-in-law came in to help as well. So thank you via live stream. It's on, it's on evidence here. Um, so thank you, thank you, thank you so much. I like I said, I am super excited to be here. I know it's been a little while, um, but I love I love to worship with you guys. I love to um, just be in community with you all. Are we awake this morning? Yeah, are we here? Yeah, we're, I know we're like, I'm revving, I'm revving the engine, I'm revving the engine, I get it, I get it. Um, but like I said, I'm super excited. Today we're going to be talking about soar like eagles. Um, soar like eagles. So the funny thing is when I first made this uh, slide, I put soar like S-O-R-E, like soar like when you're sore from working out. Um, and I was like, how do you soar like an eagle? Like, how would that work? So luckily, I fixed it. We mean soar like fly. So today we're going to be talking about that's a little bit of a different approach. Um, and so I just want you to kind of pay attention with me. We're going to be looking at some of the characteristics and habits of just kind of like how eagles work. So let me preface it with saying like what I don't want you to walk away with thinking God has called me to be a bird. Okay, that's not what we're talking about here today, right? If I see you on Facebook saying I'm giving it all up to be an eagle. I will assume that you work for Fiesta Insurance. You know what I mean? Because they have like the, the whole outfit and it's like some kind of Mexican eagle version, whatever it looks like. It's very confusing for everyone. Um, but so yeah, so let me, don't walk away with that. I'm not asking you to be a pigeon somewhere in your next life, right? What we're talking about is saying, okay, when the, when scripture talks about what it means to soar like an eagle, what does that look like in my practical life? Right? What does that look like? Because the, the eagle is such a powerful symbol for us in America. It, it's, it's a symbol, it's a national symbol for our country. It's about freedom and power and patriotism, right? And the American way and you're already, you know, you're already saying the Pledge of Allegiance probably, right? You're like, I pledge allegiance to the flag, right? But when we look at it in the scriptures, it's primarily referred to in the Old Testament. And part of that symbolism there is it's, it's somewhat similar in the sense that the eagle is a powerful symbol, right? And it's always referred to as we are, we're, it's always in reference to the eagle is soaring or the eagle is caring for its young. And so when we look at the scripture of Isaiah 40, 31 this morning, as we kind of go about that today, right, let's read that together. It says, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Look at the living translation. It's really powerful. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. Amen. Anybody need new strength this morning? Yes. Right. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. So what we're seeing here in the scriptures that I am capable of a life where I can run and not grow tired. Isn't that powerful? I'm capable of living a life where I can do everything that I need to do and not burn out. Amen. Anyone prone to burnout here? Right. All of it. All of us have a busy schedule where it's easy for us to burn a candle at both ends and to say, you know what, this is just this is just how my life is supposed to be. Right. I'm just I'm just supposed to be kind of tired and I just kind of catch up in between. But what we see is we're actually meant to soar. In other words, when we rest in God, when we trust, we see that we're not we're able to do that in a way that we are successful. We are empowered and not just that, but we are energized. So how do how do eagles do that? So some of the things that they do is they eat well. 
Ooh, eat well, right? If you had a donut this morning, that's okay. You've been, you've been forgiven. There's grace. There's grace in, in God's presence, right? They eat well. So they only eat the freshest of meats, right? They don't, they're not like the vulture or the crow where they will come and eat on the dead body of an animal. They hunt for live prey. They're, they're a predator species, right? So they like to hunt. And so what it does is it gives them the energy, right? To fly as quickly as they do, to have the precision that they do. And how many of us know, right? That when we fuel ourselves correctly, we feel better. Right. When we fuel ourselves with healthy things, even physically. Right. When we're, you know, there's that whole like gluten free vegan vegan thing going on. I am not. That's not me. Right. I'm not, I'm not there in my life yet. But, you know, we know that when we discipline ourselves to eat well, we feel better. And in the same way, when if we choose to eat well spiritually, if we choose to be conscious about being in the word of God daily, we see the difference that begins to make. We see that we are mentally beginning to take a shift because I'm not living from a perspective of my weariness, but I'm living off of the truth of God. Amen? Job 23 says, 23, 12, I have not departed from the commandments of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my daily bread. This is a daily meditation. In other words, I, I soar. I am successful. I have the blessing of being able to run without growing weary when I've rooted myself in the word of God, when I begin to see those benefits. Psalms 1, 1 through 3 says, Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join with the mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. What a beautiful blessing that we find in the Psalms that we could live a life so rooted in the word of God that we produce fruit in every season. Isn't that powerful? Because we, again, we tend to, we settle into the idea of like, there are just seasons where I'm going to be burnt out, and that's just that. Right. We settle a little we settle into that idea of like, I'm just going to work through it. I'm going to catch up. I'm going to I'm going to do whatever I need to do to feel better. But what we're seeing in the Psalms again and what we're reading in Isaiah is we're we're capable of so much more. And 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 that begins with eating well, that begins with putting ourselves in, in the position with God and saying, I plant myself by the river of your Holy Spirit. I plant myself in the river of your word so that in every season, even in the seasons where I feel weary, I'm bearing fruit. Why? Because not of my strength, not of what I'm doing, but because of what his presence does, because of what his power does and how it overflows in our lives. So making that conscious decision to say, I'm going to eat well, I'm going to put myself in the word of God daily. But how many of us know that we live in a very distracted world, right? Right? We live in the world of social media, of Facebook. If it's, you know, anything longer than a minute, it's kind of like a, it's in one ear and it's out the other. And our devotional is whatever the Instagram caption is from our favorite speaker is that day and that's it. Right? We can be, we can be transparent about that. Sometimes that's all I get. And I'm not, I'm not speaking ill of those things. I think it's powerful that we have a platform to be able to reach each other, but there's nothing like individual intimate time with the Lord. There is nothing like that. There's nothing that replaces you sitting at the word of God and saying, Holy Spirit, what do you have to say? Holy Spirit, I need one-on-one. I need you and me and me and you. And so we begin to soar when we sow into that place first and foremost and say, Jesus, I am at your feet daily. Secondly, say, defeat the enemy. Oh, oh, okay. One more time. Defeat the enemy. There we go. Some conviction. There we go. Right. So the so aside of eating well, the the 
the eagle is a very smart bird. So he, yes, he's a predator. He's a hunter, but he's not the biggest bird out there, right? So he's got to be smart. So when his enemies come to attack him, he has a strategy, right? Instead, he doesn't run away. He doesn't, you know, he's not fleeing the situation, but he actually flies straight into the sun. One of their, their, their strengths is being able to, to fly, to ascend very quickly. And so as he shoots into the sun, he disappears and blinds his enemy. So he's not able to be attacked, right? And, and it's the same thing with us to say, you know, we're not flying into the physical sun, but we do run to the sun, right? We run to the sun. We run to Jesus. Second Samuel 22, two through four says, the Lord is my rock, my fortress and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation. He is the stronghold. He is my stronghold, my refuge and my savior from violent men who, from violent men, you save me. I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise and I am saved from my enemies. We have all been in those situations where we feel like, man, there's just someone coming at me from every corner. Can't go home and find peace. Can't go to work and find peace. Can't even be by yourself and find peace because sometimes we're attacking ourselves. We can tend to be our own worst enemy. And in the spirit, right in the in the natural thing, we want to we want to we want to head that we want to go we want to fight our own battles with our own strength. Right? We want to we want to take it into our own hands. We want to we want to take revenge. And that's the problem. When the, oftentimes our strategy becomes the flesh wants us to seek revenge and take back everything that we feel like was stolen from us. But what we see in scripture is that our flesh calls or wants, refre- wants revenge, but our spirit invites us into refuge. Our spirit invites us to take refuge in the one who is the greatest defender of all. There is nothing new under the sun that he has not already overcome. Right? Scripture tells us, fear not for I have overcome the world. That means that your place is to rest. Our, your place is to sing the praises of your God and say, I am in, I hide in my refuge. I have no need to go to prove myself or to prove my worth. I don't have to advocate for myself because you have the greatest advocator that advocates for you. So let me tell you this morning, if there's a situation that you're in and you're feeling, there is, there's no way out of this one. Let me tell you, the Lord is advocating for you on your behalf this morning. That is who he is. He is your greatest defender. Nahum 1.7 says, the Lord is good. The Lord is good, a refuge in times of trouble. He cares for those who trust in him. Right? This is the way that we soar, we exceed, we overcome those obstacles, we defeat the enemy when we run to the sun. We defeat the enemy when we run to the sun. You have nothing to strive for. There is nothing, like I said, there's no, there's no battle that he hasn't already won. Isn't that the beautiful thing? There's no battle he hasn't already won. We've, we sing about it here. There's no shadow he won't light up. There's no mountain that he won't climb up. There's nothing that he won't do to overcome your situation because you are his daughter and you are his son. You are kept and you are covered by the, by the father. So I invite you this morning to position yourself not as a means to take revenge. That is your flesh. That is the, that is the temptation of the enemy to put your victory in your own hands. But your victory is already guaranteed. Guaranteed in Jesus. Your victory is already guaranteed in Jesus. So releasing that to say, God, I can seek refuge in you. And I don't even have to lift a finger. I just have to watch you do what you do. It is his nature to defend us. Psalms 147 says, Oh, sovereign Lord, my strong deliverer, who shields my head in the day of battle. 
Surely goodness and mercy will follow you all of the days of your life. This is who he is. This is how you soar like an eagle. Again, surrendering. Surrendering the places that you feel like I have to take back for myself. God wants to give you that and so much more. God wants to give you that and so much more. Amen? Amen. So we're eating well. Say that. Eat well. Defeat the enemy. Say confront the problem. Right, confront the problem. I am not a very confrontational person by nature, right? It's it's not, and I, for most people that I talk to, they they may not be, right? But there's we see the eagle again. The eagle is a smart bird. It has strategy. So when the eagle confronts a, a situation or a problem, which tends to be a storm, right? A storm is is very unsettling, right? So he you you see it run actually towards the storm, and it has a strategy behind that. So what begins to happen is the eagle looks and thinks to the last place that it saw the sun. So in the midst of those stormy rain clouds and the weather and the rain and everything that's chaotic and coming around it, what that eagle does is it remembers, where was the sunshine the last time that I saw it? And it begins to push and push and, and, and fly through the storm clouds until it reaches above the storm and it basks in the light of the sun. And it flies above the storm and what, it, and what that does is he allows the sun to dry the rain off of him so that he can continue to fly up there until the storm has passed. Right. Sometimes there's there is there are there's circumstances in our life where we need to persevere through. Amen. We've all been in those circumstances where you're just like, I don't know if I have that one last push in me. I don't understand. I don't know if that's something that I can do. But as we've said before, God has already given us the victory. Right? God is already doing something so much more than we could hope for or ask. James 1.12 says, God blesses those who patiently endure a testing and temptation. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. How many of us here this morning can even admit that there's maybe some stuff going on that we're like, man, Jesus, I don't, I don't know about this one. All right, can we be transparent about that? There's, there are those things that we're just like, this is that one last push that I, I don't know how to have the strength. I don't know if I have it, but I need it. But what we see here again is that when you persist, when you persist, and in Isaiah 40, like it says, if you trust, it says you will, you will run without growing weary. You will walk without fainting. It is, it is a one and a two. It is, it is a natural overflow. If you persist and you hope and you trust and you wait in the Lord, he is faithful to you. He is faithful to you because he has, there's nothing else he can be. He is not possible. He is not capable of failure. He is a God who succeeds. He is a God who has victory. He is a God who overcomes. He is a God who blesses. He is a God who loves you. He is a God who has called you to soar. And it is the distractions of the world. It is the circumstances of this world that want to keep us tethered. It is the storm that wants to blind us. The storm that looks so big, that looks so overwhelming. Who is, who is a small eagle compared to a massive storm? And yet still the eagle braves it says, because I remember where the sun is. I remember where the sun is. So even if you're in a circumstance this morning, you're thinking, I don't, I don't know. I want you to call, it's the enemy's it is the enemy's strategy to isolate and distract you from the truth of remembering where was the sun? And you realize he was there the whole time. 
When you're eating well, when you're in the scripture, you realize he is there the whole time. He is not capable of failure. He does not leave you. He does not forsake you. He is a God who loves. He is a God who persists. He is a God who surrounds. He is a God who is with you and for you. And not just that, but it says here, you will be given the crown of life. The crown of life. In other words, there is freedom for you here this morning. Can we agree with that? There is a freedom for you here this morning. If you're feeling overwhelmed and overcome, let me remind you. Let me tell you. There is freedom in this place for you. Fourth thing here is vision. Vision, right? So eagles have up to three or four times better vision than we do as humans. And for me, I wear glasses, so probably like way more than I do, right? So, right, they have this clear vision and to the point that they can fly up to 10,000 feet in the air and see the little rabbit in the forest and say, that's my dinner. That's crazy, right? That's a, this is an intense focus. This, this is a predator who knows when I find it, I'm going to eat it and it's done. Poor little bunny, right? Is that has no chance, right? It's it's this laser focus. It's it's this predator instinct. It's saying, I, this is what I've got my eye on. So this is what I will overcome. This is what I'm going to do. So look at Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. It says, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. That is so powerful. This is the kind of vision it's inviting us into. That Greek word there for looking, right, is translated to say it's an undivided attention. Can you ask yourself, when was the last time you gave anything your undivided attention? Isn't that scary to realize? But when was the last time you gave something your undivided attention? And yet it says here, the, the author of Hebrews is inviting us to say, look unto Jesus in a way that you have his, that he has your undivided attention. To be so focused, like the eagle is on its prey, and to know that that's exactly where it is, whatever move he makes, whatever direction he goes, and I know, I know beforehand because I'm so focused, I'm so aware. And to live that in your spiritual life, to have that keen spiritual insight, to say, I have a vision so set on Jesus that no matter what happens, no matter what comes, no matter what storm, no matter what lies, no matter what illnesses, I am so focused on Jesus that those things don't waver my faith. Those things don't determine my praise. Those things don't determine the amount of time that I spent with him. What happens is that if anything, it it strengthens that relationship. You begin to see it build. You see Vision brings something more powerful. You begin to build a hindsight with the Lord and say, Jesus, I am so focused on you that these things no longer matter. That these storms that used to unstable you, that would send you into a tizzy, that would shut you down, that would shut you up. There are things now that you don't even worry about. Why? Because you have understood that you have focused your eyes on Jesus. You have focused your eyes on victory. You have focused your eyes on the healer. You have focused your eyes on the good shepherd. And it's beautiful to see that in Hebrews, the author shows us that that's exactly what Jesus did. The only way he weathered the storm of having to be beaten beyond recognition, to be teased and to be mocked and to be chased out, that the only way he made it through was his undivided attention, his complete focus on the promise of the cross. Because what stood on the other side of that was his return to glory with his father. 
What stood on the other side of that was salvation for the entire world. And he counted it enough that he said, this deserves my undivided attention. This deserves my undivided focus. This deserves my undivided person to say, I'm wholly given to this. So when you soar in those, you soar in circumstances, when you, un, when you wholly give yourself over to Jesus and you don't allow your circumstance, you don't allow your even own emotions to control you, but you stand rooted in the word of God and you say, this is who I am and this is who my God is. Amen. Man. Fifth, the eagle is an animal of commitment. The eagle is an animal of commitment. It is one of the many animals in the animal kingdom that mates for life. Right? So it's in their biology. It's in their biology to mate for life. They just find it's one and done. Right? That's how I like to put it. This is this is their one person and they're given to this one eagle and they build their home and they have their 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 baby eagles. Right? And and us as 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 humans, we have multiple relationships, right? We have not just our spouse's relationships, but we also have our friends. And look at Proverbs seventeen, seventeen here. It says, A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. And so for for a long time, every time I would read this uh, this message or the, this message, this scripture, I would I would always laugh because I would interpret it as saying a brother is born for adversity, meaning I, my brother is born for me to fight with him. That's exactly that's just what I thought, and I think especially because my sister and I are six years apart, so she's six years my junior. Right. So there was like five solid years where like I just wanted to punch her in the face all of the time. I didn't, though, because I love her. And um, and this is the way I would interpret it. And as I, I was I was studying yesterday, the spirit filled life common, uh, Bible commentary says this about this verse says friendship is at its best, not in prosperity, but in times of trouble. Friendship is at its best, not in prosperity, but in times of trouble. In other words, we are building such friendship, such a well with the people around us, that the the greatest benefit isn't when we're sharing in that meal, isn't when we're sharing those laughs or memories. Actually, the greatest benefit of that friendship is to us is in our time of adversity. Because we've all been in a hole so deep we feel like we can't dig ourselves out. But when we align ourselves with those godly people around us and we allow them to call and speak life over us, when we allow them to war, uh, to war against hell for us and invite us into holiness, invite us into restoration, invite us back into the arms of the Father, that is when we see, right, that a, that a friend loves more, that a brother is born for those times of adversity when I can't help myself, when I cannot pray, when I don't have the words, when I don't want to pray. My brother aligns himself against the enemy and speaks truth over my situation, speaks the word of God over me, reminds me that I am a child of God and I have a greater purpose. I soar not just when I am by myself, but I soar when I align myself with those around me. Amen. Matthew 19, 4 and 6 says, 4 through 6 says, and he answered and said to them, have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female and said for this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh so then they are so then they are no longer two but one flesh therefore god what god has joined together let no man separate right let no man separate. And this is referring to the, obviously the relationship of marriage. And so I, my husband and I are still very much in those, uh, like new, newlywed transitional things. I still get mad about the way he puts away lettuce. 
It's just one of those things for me. Right? I just have a specific idea of like what this is supposed to look like. Put it in a bag, and put it in the fridge, and it goes in this specific bin so that I know where it's at. Right? That's, that's, that's how I've done it my whole life. And he will undo it, and then he like picks apart weird parts of the lettuce, and then it has like different holes in different parts, and I'm like, what? Why? Why? Right? It's just, it's like, it makes no sense to me. No sense. And I'm, I'm obviously still very passionate. Pray for me. God is doing something. Um, and, you know, and I have to go spend another, you know, buck fifty at Walmart to buy a new one because I, I can't use that lettuce anymore, right? It's, it's, it's gone, right? So we're still very much in these, like, newlywed kind of figuring out what's, what's going on. We've, we've been together for ten years, but we've only been married for two. And so realizing how much more on this side of our, on, on this side of our, our relationship in marriage as husband and wife, one, how extremely different we are. Beginning with lettuce, right? And to, and to also the the daily commitment it is to say, I'm going to choose to be in relationship. And it's hard, you know, when I was when as I was praying and I was saying, God, it's so easy for this eagle. It feels like it's just in their biology to make this decision. It's it's one, you know, it's just this one eagle, and that's it. But we as human beings with emotions and, and, and feelings and thoughts and, and different ways of doing things, relationship is so much more intentional. But we see that that greater success comes not when the eagle is by itself, but when it finds its mate. Right? Our relationships, both our friendships, like in our marriages, are intentional. And they are good. We are designed to be together, right? When man was alone, God said, it was the only time God said in creation, this is not good, and then made him a mate. Not because man himself was not good, but because he knew that a relationship, in relationship, there would be so much more strength, so much more power, so much more anointing, so much, someone to call you out on your stuff and say, hey, that's not you. That's not who you are. You're a child of God. What are you doing? Right, and it's it's enabling, and the again, and it's part of that is being able to open ourselves up enough to people and be vulnerable enough to let them hold us accountable to our identity in Christ, letting them holding hold us accountable to being a good spouse and saying, "I'm I'm not feeling loved, I'm not feeling accepted." Right, but we soar, we soar, we we live in a greater freedom, we live in greater power and anointing when we partner with the people around us and we say yes. We say yes, I choose you. We say yes to this friendship. Yes, you can tell me that that outfit doesn't look good on me. You can tell me I will accept it, right? I yes, I will accept you telling me, "Hey, something's wrong." I will I will accept the, you know, I will accept a late night phone call and say, "Hey, are you okay? What's going on? How can I pray for you? What do you need? How can we petition for you?" Right? This is a body of Christ for a reason. We are made as a body because we need each other. And differences and all. And last, oh, sorry, two more here. Second one here. The eagle knows where to build. The eagle knows where to build. So the eagle nests on high, very high places. So at the very top of the tree, sometimes off of a very tall cliff on a steady rock. Right? It knows exactly where to plant itself to keep itself safe, to keep it steady in the times of storm, to protect its, its family. All right? And, and you have to ask yourself, where, where do we build ourselves? Where do we plant ourselves? In today's society, right? Again, we we root so often. We we put the full weight of our person sometimes in our salary, 
what it is that we make, what job we have or don't have, the, our physical house that we are able to provide, what, what we're able to do, what we contribute. But what we see here is that God is calling us to build on a rock that is higher than us. Deuteronomy 32, 4 says, He is the rock. His work is perfect, for all his ways are justice, a God of truth and without injustice, righteousness, and upright is he. Isaiah 28:16 says, Therefore, this is what the Sovereign Lord says, Look, I am placing a foundation stone in Jerusalem, a firm and tested stone. It is a precious cornerstone that is safe to build on. Whoever believes never need be shaken. Do never need be shaken. You never need to be shaken. I think the most beautiful line in that scripture, it says, a precious cornerstone that is safe to build on. Isn't that reassuring? It is, it's safe to build here. In a, in a time and in, in a society where disloyalty and dishonor and flakiness is, is just common. It's just what happens. It's just what you do. Oh, it just didn't work out. Oh, it just got too hard. So it was better this way. To, to have a reassur- an eternal reassurance that this is a safe place to build on is healing. It's powerful. It's so countercultural. It's so different to what we're used to because everything is about whatever I can get now, whatever I can get done here and then move here and then do that and then that becomes this. And then it's all of this transition. It's all of this change. It's all of this movement. And the one constant that we are called to build on is Jesus, right? It is the cornerstone, as he said. And the, and the beautiful thing to say, it is a safe place. In other words, this is not a foundation that is going to fall through. This is not a father who abandons. This is not a mother who neglects. This is not a situation that's just going to turn in, in, in any instant. This is a God who is truer than truer than true. This is a God who is not consistent. He is faithful. This is a God who is exceedingly and abundantly more than all you could ever hope for or imagine. This is a God who calls you to build on the truth and the promise of the cross. You're building on a foundation that's already been bought and paid for. And the beauty to understand that in this life, and through all of the changes, through all of the things that you have to labor for and the things that you feel like you have to build on your own name and on your own money and on your own dime, realizing that your eternity is built on a safe place. Your eternity is built on a safe place. It is a sure place. Covered in the blood of Jesus bought for us. Bought for us. So if you're feeling, again, that weariness, that instability, it's not even a foundation that I build on my spouse. It's not a foundation that he and I build together. It's some foundation that Jesus gives. It's a foundation that Jesus gives. This is how we soar. When we know that the rock that we return to, right, isn't a nest that's unsteady, but it is a sure rock that we can plant. It is a sure rock. It is not built on sand, right? It is built on the rock that is higher than I Ask yourselves, what do I build myself on? What do I build my family? Do I build my family on my income, on my promotion? Do I build my marriage on what my spouse is able to do for me? Do I build my relationship on God on what I feel that day? Or do I take Isaiah at its, at its truth to say that this is a tested stone? Tested, tried and true. That means it's been through something. 
And to say, when I believe, I never need to be shaken. I never need to worry. Wouldn't it be nice to never need to worry? Right? Some of us are worried right now. Maybe about lunch, but you're worried, right? You're worried. And to the scriptures to say, you, you actually don't have to be. Not on the other side. Right now. Actually, right now, you don't have to be. Because the place that you build on is a safe place. And lastly, the eagle is the discipler. Right? So as we know, birds need to learn how to fly. Right? I don't, they're not just born, right? It's an experience. And that's, and that's kind of the crazy thing. So when, um, mother eagle, when her bird, when her, uh, babies are ready, she will remove a, a lining off of the nest to make the nest uncomfortable. So they start to get poked and prodded by all the, all of the, the twigs that they use. And she will mount the babies on her back and she'll fly thousands of feet into the air, straight up, straight up, straight up, straight up. And then as she begins to circle to get them used to being in the air, she tips over and she lets the baby eagles fall off her back. And they begin to fall, 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 fall. Some of you are like, oh my gosh. Yeah, it's traumatizing. I was scared the first time I read it too. Um, So the eagle's falling, right? The baby eagle is falling. And the only way that they learn how to fly is when they fall. So the, the baby eagle is trying to flap its way through, right? Some of them get it the first time. Some of them don't. And right is that last baby eagle who can't, he just for the life of him, cannot, cannot get his wings adjusted, can't get a bearing on himself. The mother eagle swoops down and saves him. And whoever else, right, and swoops up her babies, and whoever hasn't learned to fly it, shoots all the way back up, circles around, tips over, Let's them fall, 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 fall. And the process repeats over and over again until the baby eagle has learned how to fly. And most of us are thinking, oh my gosh, what a horrible mom, right? Who throws their kid out of a window? What? I know, right? But the truth is, is that there was no other opportunity for them to learn how to fly if they hadn't first fallen. The eagle is a discipler. It's teaching, teaching its young to be more. Right? To fly, to be successful, to be, to be a successful hunter, they need to learn how to fly. And in the same way, in order for us to be successful, mature, empowered, and equipped Christians, we are given opportunities to show the growth. We are given the opportunities to say and to show, God, I am, I'm not just on that baby milk anymore. I want that mature milk. I want, I want more. I want to see more. I want to be more. I want to do more. Right? Given the opportunity to say, Jesus, I can trust you in this place. I can take that leap of faith because I know that in this place you were faithful. So in that place, you will be faithful. In this place, you were my healer. So there you will also be my healer. In this place, you were my deliverer. So in there, you will be my deliverer. So you're moving into this glory to glory. You're not moving from a place of, oh, well, he was kind of good here. So maybe he will be good there. This is not an unsure God like we said earlier. This is a God who is consistent. This is a God who is faithful. This is a God who is sure. This is a God who knows that when he invites you into an opportunity to grow, it is not to set you up to fail. It is not to set you up to fail. It's not about watching you burn. It's about watching you grow and to see this is who I made you to be. I made you to be the eagle. I made you to be a champion. I made you to be this given gifted person. 
right? It's just welcoming those opportunities of that stretching of that growing and saying, God, you don't, you do not allow me to fail. You do not allow me, God. You don't lead me to my, to my ill. You don't lead me to my death. You lead me to victory. You lead me to eternity. And that is the power of the cross. This is how we soar. Right, and by no means is this message about these are the seven ways to win. This is seven ways to be an eagle winner. You know, that's not, that's not what we're doing today. Right? This is those seven practical things of understanding. God, highlight to me those places in my life. Highlight to me those places in my person where I have settled for sitting and not for soaring. Lord, highlight those places to me where I have settled for less than everything that you have for me. I want to invite you to bow your heads just as we bring this to a close. God is faithful. And just, I just have a sense in the overall room, I know that there is... Can we agree that there is a life, life can take a toll, amen? There are things sometimes that we feel like, God, you've, are you forgetting me in this place? How do I soar when I feel forgotten? How do I soar when I can't remember? I can't remember where the sun was. I can't remember, I can't see the sun through the rain clouds. Or maybe there's just places where you're just like, God, I, I don't, I don't want to give up my revenge. I don't want to just take refuge. But realizing that refuge is the better thing. Because He is a good God. He's a good defender. He's a good Father. So if you're here this morning and you're thinking, man, there's just some of these places that we talked about that I'm just, I'm not settled here. Or maybe there's places that you're just thinking, God, I don't, I don't know how to, I don't know how to soar here. I don't know how to be more. I don't know how to do more. I don't know how to pray about this. Or maybe you're here this morning and you're like, man, I'm flying high. (laughs) I'm thankful for God's faithfulness. We celebrate with you. We celebrate with you because that is the promise in the Word of God. But if you're here this morning and you need somebody to come alongside you and pray with you and encourage you, I want you to know we have our, our, prayer, our prayer warriors here up here ready to pray with you. We know that the gift of the body of Christ is that we do not have to carry this alone. And that we have a body, again, like we said, for a purpose. So if you're here this morning and you need a word of encouragement to remind you, this is how I soar like an eagle. This is my abundance. This is my promise. I want to invite you to come forward. Or maybe you're here this morning and you're just like, I'm just, I'm just tired. I don't even know what it is. I'm just tired. That's, that's the only word I have for it. We want you to know that that's okay. There is a place for you here. 
So Holy Spirit, we just invite you. Holy Spirit, we invite you into the room right now and we say, and we ask God that you would just be, you would be the hope in this room that we need right now. That you would be the light in the darkness, that you would break through the storm clouds, that you would break through God every lie of the enemy in the name of Jesus. That you would walk into this room right now and that you would command the authority, you would command full attention and hold, take every thought captive, God, and put it um, under your feet, God, that everything, um, everything comes through you and flows through you. So Jesus, you hold captive every thought and you love on us and you redeem us and you heal us and you equip us. God, there is no darkness so great that you cannot break through. There is no sickness so severe, God, that you could not heal, that you could not restore. God, there is nothing new under the sun that you haven't already overcome. There is no tiredness, God, that you could not refresh. You are a God of new things. You are a God of new mercy. You are a God with new strength. You are a God with new promise. So, Holy Spirit, would you make that come alive? in us would you bring clarity God anyone in this room God that would need clarity in decisions in the next step forward and what you're calling them to do and what what the yes and what the no is God would you make that clear right now we, we rebuke all we rebuke Jesus all confusion we rebuke God the lies of the enemy we even rebuke God any self-talk and instead God would we hear your spirit clearly would we feel the guidance of your heart and of your will right now in this place Lord you are good and you are faithful and we soar with you Jesus we soar with you Holy Spirit You are a good father.